Hour number two of the Bill Michaels Show after a flyby. Hour number one of the Bill Michaels Show. Glad you're with us. Glad you're with us. Uh, 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, please feel free to go ahead and do so. Again, 877-867-1670. Um, so uh, uh, we were sitting here talking about uh, you know who has more pressure on them, the likelihood of the Green Bay Packers getting 10 wins or less this season or winning at all. Um, I, I still think uh, after you know many of you kind of agree that Aaron Rodgers has the most pressure, how the, deep, uh, the defense of the Green Bay Packers could possibly get them to a Super Bowl. Doug Farrar uh, on the touchdown wire of USA Today says uh, the Packers made Jair Alexander one of the highest paid cornerbacks uh, with a four-year, $84 million contract. $30 million of a guaranteed. He missed the uh, last three months of 2021 with that shoulder injury. The Packers doubled down on their defensive intentions in the first round with a 22nd overall pick acquired from the Raiders in the Devontae Adams deal, plus another draft choice. They finally went and got that wide receiver from North Dakota State's Christian Watson in the second round. Um, this is um, Brian Gudukin saying that I would say the expectations we have for our whole football team, but specifically our defense, really high coming into this upcoming season. The thing is, the Packers' defense still more vulnerable than the organization would have liked. Green Bay ranked 22nd in football outsiders' defensive metric, 16th against the pass, 28th against the run. Moreover, the Packers had more defensive issues as the season went on. They dropped from 15th to 25 overall from week, uh, week 10 through the end of the regular season, 12th to 18th against the pass, and 24th to 28th against the run. Green Bay prevented the San Francisco 49ers from scoring an offensive touchdown in the divisional round in what turned out to be a special teams debacle. If all the pieces come together, it might be the defense and not Aaron Rodgers and his remaining targets that could end up leading the Packers to their sixth Super Bowl and perhaps their fifth Lombardi trophy. And there you go. And it goes on from there about how things can get better. Statistically, he's right. The defense started off pretty good and then faltered as the season went on. Their numbers went down, but played, stepped up, and played extremely well in the game against San Francisco. Unfortunately, it was the failure of two other areas, the offense and special teams, that cost them that game ultimately. But I believe the de- – now, whether or not this defense gets the top five, I mean, I, you know, this is from uh, Jason. Jason says, I believe this is going to be a top five, top three defense this season. I think they're going to put pressure on the quarterback, be able to stop the run, and now we have the secondary to be able to shut down uh, other uh, opponents, wide receivers. Um, top five, top three, I don't know. Top ten, yeah, of course. And maybe in scoring, I'll take that. Just, you know, if you're you're a top five, top ten defense in scoring, yeah, I'll take it. But I think two areas this team needs to be highly regarded in. I think, one, they're going to need to get more turnovers this year. And even though they did a decent job last year, I think they need to get more. And then number two, obviously, is scoring defense. Uh, 19 points per game or less is probably going to get you there. Maybe 17 might be a better margin. Uh, and if you get to that point, I think this offense consistently is going to be able to put up enough points to win you a lot of football games and should get better as the season goes on. But this team is going to need right around between 17 and 19 points per game at most, defensively speaking, with turnovers to give the offense more opportunities to score for this team to be successful. I think Rashawn Gary is going to take yet another step forward. I like it. Uh, I believe that when you look at this, uh, this defense, uh, I, I feel that with him and Preston Smith, 
obviously the depth that they've added, bringing back Devondre Campbell, him feeling good in this system in year two, the the defensive depth up front in the trenches to help out Kenny Clark that they've picked up. I just I think there's a lot here to nosh on to say this team will get better. Uh, I don't I don't I don't think that uh, um, you know barring mass injury, I don't think the team's getting worse. Put it that way. I think they're getting better and 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 might be exponentially better. But again. As good as they look on paper, um, the expectations are high, but I'm not. You, you can't look at the, the the rookies and say these three, these four guys have to perform. You got to have breakout seasons because it's very difficult to do. It's it's difficult to get one guy to have a really good, you know, breakout season as a rookie. It's difficult to get three to do it. So maybe if you look at it and say, okay, who has the most pressure on them to come in as a rookie and really perform extremely well and admirably? It's probably Christian Watson. Defensively speaking, you're good. You're not great anyway. Um, you, you don't have to have Devontae Wyatt be the man. You picked up Jerron Reed. You've got a good rotation. Quay Walker, you'd like to really kind of morph into that linebacking position. But if he doesn't, you still have Devontae Campbell and Chris Barnes. You're okay there. Walker can sit back and learn and, and get better in year two. Hopefully those guys contribute, yes. But do they have to be stellar in starters right away, right in the here and the now? Don't have to be. Don't have to be. You'd like them to be, but they don't have to be. The guy that you need to be good is one of the two, either Romeo Dubs or Christian Watson. One of those two guys have to be, have to be real. Have to be real. Have to. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Uh, Thomas says, top five defense all day long, better special teams. I predict at least three rookies playing a big role. Um, Adam says, I completely agree with you on your list of quarterbacks with pressure on them. I would also add uh, Daniel Jones to the list because the Giants declined his fifth-year option. Um, well, put it this way. They declined it. He's got pressure on himself. But when it comes to actual winning, no. Daniel Jones, I mean, for his own self-motivation, for his own contractual obligations, yes. he's He's got to have a good season. They bet on him. But – you're right. They declined that fifth-year option. So his pressure is self-motivated. What I'm talking about is the outside world looking in saying, who has got to have a big year or it will be considered a failure broadly. And I think the number one guy is Aaron Rodgers. The number one guy is Aaron Rodgers. I think Jalen Hurts is somewhere in the top ten, top five. Uh, well, they certainly did their due diligence to bolster that offense around him. That I would agree with, um, and to, and to get Philadelphia markedly better. But I, top ten, yes. Top five, I doubt it. But top top ten, yes. Because defensively speaking, when they went out and got Jordan, because da- they got Jordan Davis in, in the in the first round to back up Fletcher Cox, right? To back up, well, to play, but yes, to play, yeah, first. But round. that's that's kind of that area that he would be in. Then they picked up Nicobe Dean. They got Cam Jurgens at center, uh, and he's you know going to put pressure on uh, on Jay, was it Jason Kelsey? I think is your your center there. Yeah, he's more the yeah. era parent. Right, this will probably be Kelsey's last year. But they're they're a decent team. Devonta Smith they've got on one side. AJ Brown they've got on the other. Um, Picked up James Bradbury today. James Bradbury, yeah, you're right. So yeah, you know uh, Jalen Hurts certainly, and and Jalen Hurts. He kind of looked he he looked good in spurts, but I agree with you as a young guy being a second round draft choice going back a couple of years now, 
Yeah, no, I would agree. He's he's got some pressure on him, and he's got pressure on him, you know, just for the fact that he, you know, going into year three, he wants to look at the, you know, as we start to see some of these young quarterbacks get those contract extensions coming in year three rather than in year four. He's probably looking over the financial aspect of this, saying, you know, if I have a big year, this is going to be a financial windfall for me maybe going into the next season. So that I would agree with. But when it comes to the overall eyes of the world on the NFL and the deals that have gone down and the trades that have been made and who has to have a big – you could even throw, because many people seem to think that they got a lot better, you could even throw Jameis Winston into the mix, right? Picking up Chris Olave. Uh, then they went out and got the left tackle Trevor Penning. To, to anchor that uh, offensive front. They they really went after some defensive players. They tried – because they didn't have a ton of draft choices. They had uh, Alante Taylor, uh, the corner, who they picked up in the second round. They had a fifth and a sixth round pick, but they had – they, they tr- traded away guys to move up. So to try to bolster that offense, you could even say Jameis Winston, having Michael Thomas, having Chris Olave, having Jarvis Landry, who they went out and picked up, they, they're kind of going for it, too. So some people seem to, seem to think that it could be New Orleans could be the team to beat in the AFC South or in the NFC South rather than Tom Brady and company. So you could even say Jameis Winston to a certain extent. Um, 877-867-1670. Uh, this one's from Thomas, who says, according to Vegas, I believe the Packers are still predicted to be a top team to compete for the playoffs. Yeah, I believe so. I believe that. But going back to the argument from uh, NFL, um, good morning, the NFL, um, the talk was whether or not the Packers would even get the 500. So the question, the poll question of the day is, what is more likely to happen? The Packers win 10 games or less, or they actually win a Super Bowl. What's more likely? I'm not going to give you the middle. I'm not going to give you 13 wins and a failure in the playoffs. Not going to give you that. What is more likely, the Super Bowl win? or to only win 10 games or less on the season. Uh, Cindy says, Rodgers just won two MVPs. Do you mean Super Bowl or bust? Yeah. I, to, to win this year, to win, perform, and, and probably just pressure in general uh, to whatever level it is they get to, I believe that, that Aaron Rodgers by far has the most pressure on him. Uh, Kevin says, what about Joe Burrow to match what he did last year over on the Bud Light live stream? Yeah, but Joe Burrow's king in Cincinnati. Cincinnati is, when you start talking Super Bowl, Cincinnati isn't usually in that discussion. So they became a dark horse last year. Remember, that was a team that only won 10 games. They got hot at the right time. They bolstered their their offensive line a little bit uh, for, for Joe Burrow and picking up some free agents and such. So, yeah, to get back there, I think he's got some pressure. But Joe Burrow wasn't expected to do it in just year two and really only his first full year as a quarterback because, remember, his first year, his rookie season, he went down with the ACL tear. He had the knee injury. So Burrow, eh, I I think because of the timeline, because of the money, because of the drama, I think hands down it's Aaron Rodgers and everybody else is fighting for second place at best. But I think, don't forget, Russell Wilson going to Denver. Uh, I think what Dak Prescott and the season, the way their season ended with that stupid, goofy spike and time running out and bad clock management and all the talk about Mike McCarthy being a lame duck coach this year. I think Dak Prescott has a ton of pressure on him. I think, uh, as I mentioned, uh, Russell Wilson going to Denver 
Um, Kyler Murray and the fit that he threw out in Arizona. Um, no, I don't think Tom Brady coming back. He's already got seven rings. I don't think he has any pressure. I think he just wants to come back and look good. You know? 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. You want to hit us up, feel free to go ahead and do so. Give us a shout. Um, this portion of the program, by the way, brought to you by our friends at Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill. Jesse, thank you so much. He sent me a nice letter. He said, I'd never been to Curly's. I was out in the Pewaukee Lake area uh, doing some business uh, over on the other side of the lake. Uh, I had some friends of mine tell me where Curly's was. I stopped in for lunch, had a pizza, and my wife had a wrap, which was really, really good. The atmosphere is fantastic, kind of like going to a bar in a log cabin, which I told you that's that's kind of what it is. It's all wood on the inside. He said, but we had a chance to sit outside on the deck, watch the boaters go by. It was just a very peaceful, relaxing day. Great hospitality. Thanks for the heads up at Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill. Jesse, thank you so much for the email. I appreciated it. I love it when you take uh, take my advice. You go to these places. You say hi to these wonderful people, and you have a great experience. Thank you so much. That's our friends at Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill. Stay tuned. We're going to talk some more. Will Salmon is going to be joining us coming up next on The Bill Michael Show. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Glad to have you back. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Forgotten Fire Winery. And uh, I'm actually heading up there at the end of the month. I'm going to go Memorial Day weekend. And uh, finally uh, made some time, cleared some schedule, and going to head up. Kristen and I are going to head up there. Spend a uh, weekend at um, in Pembine at Four Seasons Island Resort. I called Barb yesterday, and I <laughs> it was funny. I called him and I said, I went to Bill Michael's special. And no clue as to who was calling when I called up. And I just said I went to Bill Michael's special and said, well, we'll give you, a, you know, a, a dinner in the Diamond Room and we appreciate you coming by and, you know, yada, yada. And I'm like, can I have the name for the reservation? I said, this is Bill Michael's. Oh, okay. So <laughs> we got the special, whatever that happens to be, the dinner in the Diamond Room, which was fantastic. But then going to head over to Forgotten Fire Winery. That is uh, Wisconsin wine made by Wisconsin people. They call it fun in a bottle. Look for it in your grocery stores, your fine wines and liquor stores as well. That is Forgotten Fire Winery. Again, Forgotten Fire Winery. Go to ForgottenFireWinery.com, whether it's for an event. And uh, coming up that weekend, they're going to have music in the tasting room as well and and outdoors. So I'm really looking forward to it. From noon to 4, we're going to go up and catch a winery tour, a tasting, get some music, enjoy ourselves, head back over to Pembine and Four Seasons Island Resort. I'm looking forward to the weekend. I can't wait. Both places, fantastic. Go to Four Seasons Island Resort, the4seasonswisconsin.com. Get a hold of our girl Barb, B-A-R-B. Email her, call her. Get a hold of her and tell her you want the Bill Michael special. And then we're going to head over to Forgotten Fire Winery. It's going to be a great weekend. So give him a shout. Uh, let's do this. Uh, let's bring in our guy, Will Salmon. We're going to switch gears from Packers to Brewers. Get a hold of Will Salmon uh, of The Athletic, covering the, uh, the Brewers for The Athletic as well, joining us on the hotline. Will, how you doing, man? Hey, Bill. Good to be on with you. So uh, this team was on fire. They had 20 home runs in the last homestand. Then they go to Atlanta. They cool off. They get beat twice by Cincinnati. Yeah, they got a couple of wins against the Fish, but the offense isn't the same. So you tell me, will the real Milwaukee Brewers please stand up? <laughs> yeah, they've seen some better pitching, so sometimes that's how it goes. Um, you know, I, I think that this is a team that we 
all know that they're going to be built this year on pitching and defense. We've heard that a ton. Um, but as far as the lineup goes, and like kind of like what's real, what isn't, you know, I, I don't think that they're a team that's going to hit 20 home runs like in, in, a, in a week or whatever it was that time, which, you know, shocker, right, to everybody listening. But um, I also don't think that they're going to be that bad like we've seen the past couple of days where they score one run in sort of, what, 18 innings, 17 innings, something like that, whatever it is. Um, you know, if you look at their lineup, one through nine, they, they should be able to give, you know, a pretty competent at-bat each time. It's not – that's more or less what we're seeing, right? Like, I don't see a whole lot of times where, like, these guys are just flailing and missing and just looking bad. We saw that last year a little bit. But, you know, this year we've seen a better approach. They're more selective. They know what they have an idea for that way of what they're doing. Whether or not the results match that is a different story day to day, it seems. Um, but they're better um, in, that, in that sense of going up there with a better approach. Um, we'll see, though. I think that there's some areas where this team should improve, and frankly, I think that they probably will improve at some point before the trade deadline. Um, and, and we'll see. We'll see what uh, the offense looks at looks like in the second half of the season. But right now, I, I believe they're going to just kind of go with what they have. And what we've seen so far is that, yeah, they're, they're going to need contributions up and down. There's no doubt about it. They're going to need those six or seven guys to, to play well consistently. The uh, the Christian Yelich uh, conundrum continues. He gets on fire. He goes a couple of weeks, and then all of a sudden, it's back to being kind of guessing at the plate and and missing. Now he still hits the ball hard. Don't get me wrong, but the consistency right. for his average continues to kind of be the ebb and flow roller coaster that we've seen over the last year and a half. Uh, can you, you know if you were able to figure this out? I'm sure you'd be the hitting coach for the Milwaukee Brewers. But can you explain what's gone on with Christian Yelich? Yeah, we, we have seen these flashes, like you said, of times where he's hit the ball not only hard, but also he's elevated it. And that's been the big difference a lot of the times this year, uh, as opposed to last year, when he was just he was hitting balls hard, but he was basically beating them into the ground. So it kind of negates the idea of hitting the ball hard if you're just going to hit it to the right side of the infield. We've seen that some of the time this year, but we've also seen him elevate. And when he's done that, that's when he's gotten on a roll and he's been able to have better results. So it's not just the hard hit ground ball to the right side of the infield that he's pulling. You know, he's going the opposite way when he's going right. And again, like I, I've seen him this year have just a far more confidence, I feel like, with knowing which pitches to take and not just taking them to take them and just to kind of sit on them, but taking them because he knows that that's not a pitch that he can do much with and that he's going to get a better pitch eventually. And if he doesn't, he's content with the walk. Uh, we've seen that a bunch this year. Uh, you know, it just kind of depends on like what your expectations are for him. I, I feel like he's probably somebody that's not going to post those MVP numbers anymore. And then we need to just have the expectation of, okay, can this guy be a, a contributor consistently for a team that needs, like I said, six or seven guys to step up on a daily basis pretty much. Um, and I think he can do that still. I think he could be somebody that hits, say, 270, 275, that, that kind of thing with, you know, close to 20 home runs. And I think that's probably, toward the end of the season, what those numbers will look like because he's going to have stretches where he looks great, like he did a couple of weeks ago. And he's going to have the stretch right now where the ball's just not going to fall for him um, because he's just not locked in like, like he was a couple of years ago. Like the timing is a little bit not there. Um, not been able to just keep that timing and, and harness it and maintain it for an extended period of time. 
The uh, the loss of Willie Adamas, uh, how, I mean, granted, he's going on the IL with that little bit of a high ankle sprain, and uh, they figured he wouldn't be back for about a week to 10 days anyway. So how detrimental is that? Because on one hand, his average wasn't great, but his power numbers were huge. Yeah, no, he's, he, I, I like what I've seen from Willie Adamas this year, actually. Like, yeah, the, the numbers, like, across the board, like, surface level aren't that good. But, I mean, nobody has, no shortstop in baseball has hit more home runs than Adamas at nine. Uh, he he's done the job as far as extra base hits, and he's a presence in the lineup, right? Like you, you know, like you get that feeling when it's a tie game late. There's probably nobody else you want up at the plate than Willie Adamas to the Brewers. Um, they're not going to have that, and I think it's a huge blow for them, whether it's short term or long term. Um, any injury with him, and you're going to feel it. Uh, thankfully for this, this is not. I don't think this should be a long term thing. Um, this is just a high ankle sprain, but I say just and. You never really quite know. They can be pretty tricky. You know, you kind of you can fool yourself and you can hurt yourself, frankly, with like thinking that it's nothing because it's just an ankle sprain, um, and then you start to push it, and then all of a sudden it becomes something bigger. So I think they're trying to avoid that situation. Um, I'm not sure exactly if it's going to be beyond the minimum stay. It could be, um, but without him, they're going to lean heavily on Luis Arias at shortstop, I would imagine, and it means more playing time for Jace Peterson and Mike Rosso at third base. And we've seen flashes of what they're capable of, um, not with the Brewers' envision. Obviously, on the left side of their infield through, I guess, May at this point, of not really having Arias and Adamas there for any extended period of time. But it's what they've been dealt with, and it's, you know they're, what, nine games above 500 right now? So they're in a spot where they can kind of afford it if, if, you know, if that kind of spot exists. Talking with Will Salmon of The Athletic covering the Milwaukee Brewers. You can find him on Twitter, at Will Salmon, and find him there. So uh, here comes Keston Hira again. Um, you know, what do you make of Keston here? I mean, a tr- he goes down to the minors and he rakes. I mean, the guy just shows all the tools that everybody thinks he has for the ability to come up into the majors and be successful. He gets to the majors. Now, granted, he's not getting consistent playing time, but he's gotten opportunities and he just, other than his rookie season, he just hasn't been able to stay consistently in the bigs. And I don't know what to make of him, but at what point do you say, you know what, you're going to be a career minor leaguer? Yeah, I, you know, like you said, Bill, it's hard because, like, he wasn't getting consistent playing time here. And, like, that's, that's difficult, right? That's challenging when you're not in there every day. And, like, say you have a good day and you feel great. You're not able to really build on that the next day if you're out of the lineup. And if it's like, okay, I'm in, I'm out, I'm in, I'm out. It's hard to do that. And he talked about that this morning, actually. And I think that's part of why the numbers are what they are in AAA. Granted, he's against AAA pitching, and that's a totally different story. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, I think you're right. Like, he's got to capitalize on the opportunities that he has been given because I say that he's been in, in and out of the lineup, and he has, but it's not like they didn't give him a shot. You know I mean? Like, he was playing second base even. Like, they found ways to get him in the lineup and give him a, a decent opportunity here. And after the year he had last year, this was the reality. Like, he wasn't going to play every day. He was going to have to capitalize on whatever opportunities he got, and he just didn't do that enough. Um, you know, he looked better at the plate, but his strikeout rate was still enormous. Um, it's still a small sample size, but it should be nowhere near where, where it is at the major league level. I think it's like hovering around 45%, which is just way too much, no matter how much you're playing. I mean, that's just a, a very high number. So I'm with you. He's got to capitalize on these opportunities, and he's not going to get more of them until he does that. So uh, before I let you go, and I know you got to run because you got a game to cover, 
But uh, looking at the rest of this lineup right now, you look at some of the guys that have struggled. Take a guy like Lorenzo Cain. Uh, you know, I mean, I know still has the gold glove capability and still can cover a lot of ground in center field. He just hasn't been able to find it. And he was really kind of hoping to bounce back this year. I know he's been up and down. Getting Andrew McCutcheon can, can be good. Getting him back as well. Give me your thoughts on some of these other guys that seem to be struggling a little bit. Yeah, Lorenzo Cain, the, the issue there is that he's, he's also like just not putting the ball in the air. I mean, his launch angle, I think, is like one degree. <laughs> which is, it's hard to get much right. lower than that. I mean, it's a, it's a lot of ground ball. And um, some of them are going to come through, and some of them are going to be infield hits, but not all of them. I mean, and not enough of them. I, I think last, against left-handed pitching, he's slugging below 100. Um, these are small sample sizes, like you said, because he's not playing every day. He's more of a part-time role, sharing time with Tyrone Taylor. But uh, this is not a good trend, and it's something that they're going to have to give a hard look at once we get a little bit deeper into the season here of, like, should we, should they or could they upgrade in center field? Um, I think that, you know, it, it, you got to allow it a little bit more time because, you know, they, they do like Tyrone Taylor, and we know what Lorenzo's capable of once he, if he gets going. But, again, this is somebody on the wrong side of 35, and, you know, Guys don't play into their late 30s for a reason. Like, that's when skills deteriorate. That's when it gets harder and harder to catch up to fastballs. And, you know, so far that's what we're seeing. Can he turn it around against fastballs? And can he get more consistent at the plate? Possible. Uh, but we have to see it. And that's one area that I think right now that obviously could be an area to upgrade. Um, they are beyond the cut in, in the out. They, they've missed him, but, at, you know, at least you're getting some power from Hunter Renfro. You're getting some power from Rowdy Tellez. Like, there's, there's reason to think that once this lineup gets healthy, it could be a lot better than what we've seen the, the past few days. I think that we've seen them perform well against some bad pitching staff, and, like, we're quick to kind of dismiss it, and I get that. But – they are some competent hitters. Like, they have some track records here this year. Um, you know, last year I, I wouldn't have said that as, as much or I wouldn't have made a, a declarative statement. But this year I feel confident that once they're healthier, things will look a little bit better. But the area to keep in mind, keep tabs on, will be center field. Now, real quick, uh, go back to you talked about looking for a center fielder, possibly for a bat. A lot of rumors as to whether or not Josh Hader might be the guy that could possibly be traded. I've always stood steadfast in saying this guy could be one of the best closers. You don't know what the rest of his career is going to be. Why get rid of him at this point? Plus, why weaken already a completely lockdown closeout spot on your on, on your part of your defense when you get rid of your closer? I'm keeping Josh Hader. I figure out another way to find a bat. I'm not getting rid of him. Give me your thoughts. I agree. Um, I, I think that right when you're you're when you're a team at the deadline, right? Like you're in buy mode, you're trying to make a playoff. What do they usually do? They're trying to get bullpen help a lot of the times, right? Like they're trying to trade for a closer. Mm-hmm. Like we see that every year. You already have that here. Like you have a dominant back end with him, um, Devin Williams and Brad Boxberger. Like you know what you're getting every single time. And he's getting, you know, haters still getting paid like you're not getting like a much of a discount on him because at this point through his arbitration process, like he's getting paid similar to Liam Hendricks of the White Sox. So it's not like you're getting like a huge discount, but it's not like you're getting ripped off or anything. Like the guy is the best closer in baseball. Like you keep, these are the guys you keep, right? I, I think if you were looking to trade him, you would have already traded him a couple of years ago. Um, his value is still pretty high, but once you trade him, you're going to have a huge void. 
And for a mm-hmm. team that has aspirations of a deep playoff run and of making the playoffs, you're, you're just not – it's just not going to be helpful for you long term for the short term. Will, great stuff as always. Enjoy the game. We'll talk again soon, okay? Got it. Thanks, Bill. Appreciate it, pal. There you go. That was uh, that was our buddy Will Salmon uh, from The Athletic covering the Milwaukee Brewers down at the uh, the game today. By the way, if you're going to listen to the program and you're going to stay with us the entire time, we appreciate it when you do. Download the app over on uh, The Zone. Go to your mobile device or what have you and uh, find The Zone Madison. Uh, the Zone Madison and download the app. Otherwise, you can always find us on YouTube, which is youtube.com slash Show. Find us on YouTube or just simply go to the website, thebillmichaels.com, thebillmichaels.com, thebillmichaels.com. You can find us there or uh, shoot me an email at thebillmichaels at gmail.com, and I will send you all the links to it as well. But thanks to Will Salmon for joining us for a couple of minutes on the hotline to talk a little Brewers baseball. Brewers getting ready to uh, play the rubber match, if you will, with the Atlanta Braves this afternoon down at uh, down at American Family Field. Hey, uh, it is almost sold out. Not sold out yet, but it's almost sold out. If you're in the Milwaukee, Waukesha, Johnson Creek, if you're out in that Jefferson area, Ozaki County, Washington County, whatever it happens to be, the golf outing slash cigar dinner, which is going to take place on Monday, June 6th, Ironwood Golf Course. That's right there in Sussex, Wisconsin. It is almost sold out, so get your tickets now. You're going to get nine holes of golf. You're going to get a meal. We're going to do a little Q&A after the fact. You're going to get a bag full of cigars. Uh, You're going to get some matches. We're going to sit outside, have a good time, but please, we're going to do it in that beautiful barn that they have that overlooks the entire golf course. It's going to be a fun time. Almost sold out, though. Our cigar dinners are now up and running. Uh, and we want you to be a part of it. Please come out and join us. We, we'd love to have you with us. Uh, the next one that I'm going to be at is June 22nd. We are going to be at Celebrations on the River in La Crosse on June 22nd. Get your tickets there. Go to TobaccoOutletPlusGrocery.com. That is TobaccoOutletPlusGrocery.com. Numerous cigar dinners coming to an area near you real soon. We are out and about again this year, and we cannot wait. Again, the first one of the year, June 6th, Ironwood Golf Course in Sussex, almost sold out. Get your tickets now. Go to tobaccooutletplusgrocery.com. Stay tuned. we got more of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. Glad you're uh, with us. Hey, our, our friends at Quick Trip giving away a uh, the pace car, if you will, uh, a Chevy Camaro. Compliments of our friends at Pepsi. Also, Rockstar, Jack Link's products. Uh, you can pick them up at your local Quick Trip and use your rewards app, and you are registered. Now, each week, there's going to be weekly winners. Uh, a $500 Quick Trip gift card for NASCAR Quick Trip 250 tickets. Uh, you can go to, uh, go to the race in uh, Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin. Uh, you got all kinds of good stuff that they're giving away each week, but the ultimate prize is going to be given away on July 3rd. I am proud to say that I'm going to be there and be a part of this. I can't wait. Can't wait. Stop in and uh, check out your local quick trip and uh, get registered for this thing. You could win the brand new 2022 Chevy Camaro SS Super Sport. Badass. Should be just at Camaro BA. Badass. 
with the uh, Quick Trip 250. The Pit Stop is presented by Jack Link's. Purchase any participating Pepsi product, Rockstar, or Jack Link's product. You get additional rewards and automatic entries and all good stuff. Good stuff from our friends at Quick Trip. That's fantastic, man. If you haven't seen that car, whew, oh, my goodness. That is really cool. Really cool. They got some other cool stuff coming up. But, yeah, they got some. That's a really cool car. Really cool car. And I am proud to say that uh, they came to me and asked if I'd be the one to give it away. I'm excited. I'm excited for that. So uh, we're going to be up there on uh, July 3rd right at the Oosthof, as a matter of fact. The Oosthof, Re- Oosthof Resort we're going to give that thing away at. Going to bring in some finalists. And I don't know how they're going to do this. It's not the – I don't think they're doing the keys where everybody gets a key and you start it up. I don't think that's it. I think, uh, I think they're just uh, doing some kind of entry or something like that. So, anyway. But there you go. That's it. Uh, 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. That's our friends over there at Quick Trip. Uh, Mark says, uh, hey, unit, I think you're on to something here. However, you did not give us the third choice, which is 13 wins or more and failing again in the postseason. I think that's where most Packers fans are at. If you polled Packers fans, that's probably where their feelings would be because I don't think anybody has the belief that Aaron Rodgers can actually win a Super Bowl. He has choked the last two years. We've watched him choke it away. Now, let me say this. Let me let me pause here for a second. Aaron Rodgers, you're right, has not had great games against Tampa Bay and certainly did not have a great game against San Francisco. I'm not going to lay the blame solely on Rodgers because things led up to that. Look, the offense didn't move after Mercedes Lewis ended up fumbling on the way to football for whatever reason. San Francisco caused – because they went right down and scored. I mean, it was a thing of beauty, and you thought, oh, my God, they're, they're going to kill San Francisco. Holy God, that was too easy. Aaron Rodgers made it look easy. And then they started doing it again. Here we go. Dink, dunk, Devontae, run the ball. A.J. Dillon, here we go. And then A.J. Dillon got hurt. And then Mercedes Lewis ended up coughing up the football. And then the rest was history. They just couldn't run the football. They didn't have that north-south running game because A.J. Dillon wasn't there. They did not allow uh, Aaron Jones to get outside. And it was a good pass rush. And the offensive line was overwhelmed. Once they went back to the guys that had been there, done that, it, it just it looked overwhelmed. When Billy Turner and company came back, it just didn't look good. And instead of going back to what got you there and putting Yash Nyman back in and such, it just it, it became a calamity of errors. And the offense looked bad. It's not all Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers focusing on Devontae is Aaron Rodgers focusing on Devontae. That's on Aaron Rodgers. Uh, But beyond that, I'm not going to lay that all at his feet. Don't forget the special teams sucked as well. But this year, coming into the season, the most pressure on any quarterback, I think, in the National Football League is on Aaron Rodgers to get to and win a Super Bowl. Hands down. Without a doubt. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, feel free. Would love to hear from you. And you can find us in many different facets. Also, you can email the program if you choose to do so, thebillmichaels at gmail.com. Randy says, Aaron Rodgers flat out sucks. He, uh, he has not been the same quarterback ever since he won the Super Bowl. He has been an ego-driven guy who cares more about the statistics than about winning, which – I'm, I'm sorry perception becomes reality for many of you in that case, but he, believe me, he wants to win. He wants to, he wants to kind of tread in the footsteps of Tom Brady and walk away with uh, numerous rings. 
One, you get two rings, you're in pretty elite society. You get three or more, you are in rare air. Rare air when it comes to Super Bowl winning quarterbacks. That's where he wants to be. Trust me. Trust me. So to be considered the greatest of all time to ever play the game in Green Bay, he's never going to catch Bart Starr in championships. But you get three, you win one this year and another one in the next two. Come on, man. Come on. With all the statistics, the records, everything that he'll have, and having three rings jingling around in his pocket, that is rare air for Green Bay, man. Uh, I don't count on him winning any more Super Bowls or making an appearance. They should have torn it down, gotten rid of his lame ass, let him poncha cleanse somewhere else, and moved on. It's time for Jordan Love. I think this kid's got what it takes. He's got the moxie sitting behind Aaron Rodgers and not saying a word, not belly aching and whining like Rodgers constantly does. Randy, you hate Aaron Rodgers, don't you? You hate Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Randy, I hate to disagree with you, but I'm going to 110% disagree with you. Uh, you can think what you want about Jordan Love. I don't have the faith. Nothing tells me to have the faith either. We'll see. Time will tell. And maybe one day I can admit I'm wrong when it comes to Jordan Love. Like the Rashawn Gary deal, I didn't think Rashawn Gary. Now, Rashawn Gary, I never thought of him ever even coming close to, say, being the next. Because when, when he came out of Michigan and they picked him, I'm thinking, he's not, a tip, he's not your typical pass rusher. He's not. But what he's morphed into, really solid player. And he's proved me wrong in a lot of areas. And kudos to Rashawn Gary. I don't think Jordan Love comes close to that. Just an FYI. I don't think he comes close. Uh, 877-867-167. You want to hit us up, feel free to go ahead and do so. Uh, this one's from, uh, this is from Gino. Gino says, Adams held us back. And now we are free to spread the ball around to seven different receivers a game like he did when he was a Super Bowl MVP. You also had receivers all over the place. You had Jordy. You had Greg. You had James. You had Donald. You had, you know, well, until that game, until the Super Bowl, you had your Michael Finley. You had, you had numerous guys to throw the football to. So, yeah, you could spread it around, but it's because every one of them could have been a number one, most likely, on any other team, or at least on another team. And they were all on one. So that makes it easy, you know? Uh, 877-867-1670. Let's hit it up. We got more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. You got to hit it, make it, rock it. Our friends at Wisconsin, Harley-Davidson, encouraging you to ride. And if you want to ride, maybe you don't know how, you haven't, or you want to refresh your course, they have the uh, the riders course going on. You just uh, call Judy out there, get booked up, and uh, get in. Get into the uh, rider safety course. Learn how to ride. Go to wishd.com. You can find out more information. Or go to wishd.com. You can see numerous, numerous bikes and uh, some of the other motor clothes department, parts department, all that kind of good stuff. That they have, plus the events that are coming up, and they have a huge, huge event uh, coming up uh, Labor Day weekend. Ha- By the way, we have the announcement of the band that is going to play the post party 
of our ride. We, there was, we, were, we were working on a couple of different ones. I am excited, excited to tell you who is going to be playing the, uh, the post-ride party at, uh, at our ride. Once it culminates at Wisconsin Harley-Davidson on Sunday, September 4th. I'm si- excited. We're going to tell you that uh, coming up just after the top of the hour. We're going to be talking with Frankie Winters, of the, uh, formerly of the Green Bay Packers. From days gone by, uh, Super Bowl winner. He's going to be joining us. We're going to talk a little bit more about the Gridiron Greats event that's coming up on Friday night. Going to be down there at that, uh, at the Hyatt Regency in Chicago coming up on Friday. I'll be there for that, but uh, we're going to talk with Frankie about that coming up here in just a little bit. But uh, just after that, stay tuned. We'll make the announcement as to who is going to be the band that we have playing the after party at Wisconsin Harley-Davidson coming up on Sunday, September 4th. I can't wait. Cannot wait. Go to WISHD.com for all the information that they have about their party and about the big event, uh, the hometown rally weekend coming up, coming up at the end of the year. But, uh, hey, don't don't get through the riding season yet, man. Don't don't push it. Let's enjoy the summer as it gets here. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, please feel free to go ahead and do so. Again, 877-867-1670. Find us. Um, Jeff said, have you ever met Bob Euchre? Uh, you, yeah, a lot. Seen Uke a lot, as a matter of fact. Uh, still do. Saw Uke, uh, I was down at the ballpark a couple weeks ago uh, before they left on the road trip and uh, and saw Uke. So, yeah, Uke, I tell you what, for his age, Uke still looks good, walking around good, doing good. He's been through a lot this offseason, but he's, he's doing pretty good, man. Uke's got it going on. Uh, 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, feel free. Um, Corey says, what do you call a receiver that constantly gets open but doesn't get the ball? How can a receiver be a playmaker without a quarterback uh, that will throw him the ball? Lazard's 40 time and vertical might not be off the charts, but until Rodgers throws him the ball when he's open, it's hard to tell if he's actually capable of being a number two receiver, which is true. I'll agree with that. Uh, And put it this way. When you, when you talk specifically about that, look at the two games over the last couple of years that ended their season. Lazard, Aaron Jones against Tampa Bay, both were open at times. Now, Jones went down with an injury against Tampa Bay, so he wasn't there in the final play, but Alan, but Alan Lazard was open. Instead, he chose to go three straight times to Devontae Adams. Last year, Devontae Adams down the sideline, going deep, looking for him. And then that crossing pattern, that inside slant. Look for look for Devontae the entire time. Alan Lazard on a crossing pattern, wide open. He chose to go to Devontae. So you're right. This year we may find out more about Alan Lazard. He, I can guarantee you this. He's going to see more passes barring injury. That's for sure. No doubt. No doubt. But I, I – I still, and I agree with you, his numbers aren't off the charts when it comes to speed downfield, vertical leap, apex, all that ability. But he still want, you can do a lot by being a really good route runner with technique. There's an art to getting open. Lazard's been able to do that. So we'll see what, now where Randall Cobb has excelled over, over his career has been, he's made a living by figuring out where Aaron Rodgers wants him to, wants him to be once the play begins to break down. And then Randall Cobb becomes a big playmaker in that sense, a guy that can move the chains and keep the drive alive. But what you're looking for is Lazard, 
and Rogers really and, and, or in, and Amari Rogers to really kind of take that step. Cobb to just be Cobb. You don't you don't need any more out of him. But what you need then is Dubs or Watkins or or Watson, one of those three guys to really become a quote playmaker to maybe stretch the defense a little bit downfield for Aaron Rodgers to then have everything else become wide open. Or at least everything else become one-on-one situations where he can then they can then scheme or technique-wise get guys open. So that's that's what you're hoping for. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. You want to hit us up, do it. But coming up next after the top of the hour, we're going to hear from Frankie Winters. He's going to be joining us. We'll talk with him and uh, get his thoughts on the Packers. We'll get his thoughts on going into the Gridiron Greats Hall of Fame, uh, which is interesting because it, Mike Ditka, it, this is all you know his doing. We're going to be down there on on Thursday or on on Friday night, excuse me, on Friday night. So we're going to hang out uh, down there, but we're going to see Frankie and uh, the induction in, and uh, to kind of get the sense from a Bears guy inducting in a Packers guy. <laughs> To, to the Gridiron Greats Hall of Fame. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. So we're going to hear from Frankie Winters coming up next, this portion of the program, brought to you by our good friends over there at Robert's Specialty Meats in Waukesha. Kind of a cool night to be grilling out, but it's never too cold to grill out. I do it in the wintertime. So if you're looking for something good, head down to Robert's, man, or maybe this weekend, whatever you got going, grilling it out, cooking it in. Robert's Specialty Meats, steaks, ribeyes, but the home of the Al Capone roast and the ribs on a stick, the chicken skewers, the chicken parm skewers, fantastic, fantastic. Go to robertspecialtymeatswaukesha.com. That's robertspecialtymeatswaukesha.com. More of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up. Frankie Winters is next. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.